You with us? I, okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. You hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Well, I'm Mission glad. accomplished. That's what they say. <laughs> you said we have reached the terminal. We have reached it. Mm-hmm. Good morning to all of you. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. I, uh, I thought we would come in here before they get here in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. The other folks, they probably still hung over. <laughs> oh, oh, that turkey they ate last the Thursday night. Uh, you know, we, we had all kinds of stuff. Say the truth. Mm. I hope everyone enjoyed their, their Thanksgiving. Their time of a time of fellowship and and even 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 the ones who didn't I hope that you uh you made it through somehow and, uh, it, as I was uh telling Mama Bell there's a lot of folks who have a little bit of a struggle around the holidays and so we uh we definitely uh wish to, to give more people our our thoughts and our prayers on this this particular day. I know Booth is coming on here in a minute. Some folks don't like when I call him the bald-headed preacher, but that's what he is. He's a preacher that's bald-headed. I don't understand why it's a problem, but, you know. It's it's his title and his feature mixed together, you know. That's part of his title, yeah, yeah, his title and his features, you know. That's if he got, if he was in a lineup, they'd say he's a bald-headed man with a cross around his neck. He's a bald-headed preacher. You know, I'm tired of it. That's insane. But he'll, you know, I wish, I wish it laughed just a little bit more. Okay. It, it, I'll be hearing you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he'll be in a minute, and uh, I before he gets here, there may be some thoughts, uh, opinions, not opinions rather, but personal uh, requests that may be on your mind. I Was somebody going to say something? I, I didn't want to cut anybody off. But I would like to uh, ask you to consider, I, I was reading an article earlier today, sorry for the noise, I'm looking for my highlighter, so I didn't forget the verse I was getting ready to mock, but uh, I was reading an article the other day about mental health and those who suffer from mental episodes particularly around the holidays that's something that we don't talk about especially around around black church we don't we really don't that mental episodes is is a real real issue you're not sick or you know demonic or full you're of not the crazy. Devil. you're not crazy no you just burned out and it, it's 
I was explaining to someone the other day, I said a mental episode is, in, 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 in as layman as I can put it, it's just a, a car that ran out of gas. <laughs> That's a good way to explain it. Everybody's going to run out of gas. And if you don't, if you're not constantly refueling, constantly watching your mental and and personal health, mostly your mental health, just like your body will run out eventually, your uh, your mind will run out mentally. Sure will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the scripture says that he will not put more on you than yeah. you're able to bear. Bear. But I asked myself a question. I said, Lord, are you putting this or am I doing it? <laughs> yes, because so it's just one of those things where I ask you to consider people who are suffering from these mental, their mind is just ravaged. There was a lady who used to come around here. And she had a mental breakdown, and the doctor told her that that was when he diagnosed that on her. And she went to her prayer partner. Her prayer partner said, Saints don't have mental issues. Oh, really? <laughs> Almost all of my. <laughs> I, 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 I call that the false form of doctrine. <laughs> and so. Even even David got depressed. Yes. He he said over there when my heart is overwhelmed, that means I'm depressed. So it, it's just a real thing that I, I would pray that everybody takes into consideration. That we, we try all, to deny it. We all ma'am? try to deny it. We try to deny it. That we are having, you know, anything because if anybody says anything mental, all of a sudden, hmm, is something really wrong? And instead of check, you know, finding out, we just try to deny it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because it's not, it's not socially acceptable to have. Oh problems. no, <laughs> it's no way safe. <laughs> yeah. And and so a lot of people suffer in silence. Indeed. And something that could be so so easily fixed. I, I it, it's I remember one time going to get my car fixed and they said the pulley broke because the exhaust pipe overheated. And I'm just making this up. I don't remember exactly the details. So all you mechanics don't don't hold me to it. But just just roll with me. But the pulley broke because the exhaust pipe overheated, because the radiator malfunctioned, because the oil pump won't working, because I've got to keep putting gas in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> And if I had just kept putting gas in the car, then the trash wouldn't have got in the, in the tank, which wouldn't have made the radiator mess up, which right. made the exhaust pipe mess up, <laughs> which wouldn't gave me a $1,000 bill. Oh, my goodness. 
And I, I think say you... that. Huh? Go ahead. No, what were you saying? I, don't I was just going to say, I think you'll remember this forever. That's what I was saying. Uh-huh. You would never just be there forever. And then it yeah. you just, <laughs> to but, thank you. But I believe that is a lot of our mental problems is... It's just the empty gas tank that most we just ignored, and then it turned into a bigger problem. And uh, so anyway, I ask you to to keep that in your thoughts and your prayers as we go on today. I would like to also, I would like to get someone to talk about mental health to us and, and, uh, you know, See if we can't work to eliminate at least around these parts that stigma of it, and, you know. So anyway, I'm gonna let that be. I, uh, I yes, he's here, so we'll let him go oh, ahead and begin oh, our prayer. Oh, Bishop, we were good morning to you. We were asking the people to to. Uh, to keeping their prayers about mental health and all that good stuff. I can't go back through it. I don't want to cut into your time getting tape. We are clap, clap, hey. clap, 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 clap. Uh-huh. Hey, so I'll let you go. Hey, Matt. Thank you, sir. And good morning to you. I, uh, I graduated this morning to Bishop. Last week I was bald headed, but praise the Lord. Well, you were you were bald headed preacher ten minutes ago. <laughs> okay then. The bishop has arrived. Okay, clap, 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 clap. Okay. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. And I pray everyone had an enjoyable week and. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. We just praise you. We just magnify your name. God is so good to be able to be in the land of the living, that you trust us with another day, that, Lord God, we can operate in your power and your authority, that we can act as your kingdom citizens as we do the things that you have placed us on the earth to do to bring glory to you and your name. And that we are active in what we uh, have been predestined to do and that you have empowered us to do what we do. We thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for never leave us, never forsaken us. Father, we honor you this morning because you are a great God and you are greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, you and you alone are worthy to be praised. And we thank you. We honor you. We honor you with the fruits of our lips. We honor you with our mind and our thoughts. We give in to you, know, my Lord God, that you may visit us and manifest yourself with us in this time of fellowship in this time of service as we uh, link our faith together, as we stand in the gap, as we intercede for matters all across this world on the hearts and on the minds of your people. 
We pray that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just thank you. And if there's anything in our lives that we have thought, said, or did, Father, that it was not pleasing in your sight, Lord, we ask you for forgiveness and for failing. We ask you for forgiveness of just ignoring. We ask you for forgiveness, Lord God. We saw the T and we didn't cross it. And we saw that I and we didn't dot it. Father, forgive us. And, and Lord God, and we know that you will because your word says that if we confess and we have confessed this morning that we have not been perfect. He said, you, we confess that you are faithful and just to forgive us for all unrighteousness. And, Father, we thank you for forgiving us and giving us that opportunity to be in your family, to be close to you, that we can call you Abba, that we can call you Father, that we can call you Savior and Deliverer. And this morning we just come no shorter than the last and yesterday, and we come no shorter tomorrow and give your name the praise. Father, as we come into the holiday season and Thank you for uh, having us to celebrate a day of Thanksgiving, reflecting on all of the things. And and some of us forgot a lot of things that you had done. And, but we had a, some time to reflect on those things again with families and friends. And, and, and however we chose, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for that. And, giving us that opportunity to be the one to come back to say thank you, Lord. And we praise you for this, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And you, you, you set us up good, Lord. You, you gave us shelter. You gave us food. You gave us clothing. You gave us, Lord God, life. And it might not be the life that all of us wanted, but it's the life, Lord God, that you allowed us to live. And, and we thank you for that. We are not complaining. There are some people that take they're comatose and they can't move. They can't even respond with a smile. They can't even respond by lifting up their hand. But Father, we can, we we can, and we thank you. We do. We 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 take this opportunity to praise you for it and and to intercede for those who can't, Lord God. That, had a uh, what you consider a bad holiday because a loved one that was there the year before is gone, and or Lord God, they found themselves in a place all by themselves for whatever reason. But Father, we just thank you, Lord, and we just pray God that for whatever reasons, Lord God, there there are some Lord God too sick to move. There are some Lord God that didn't even know where they were, all cameras and. Uh, uh, dementia and, and loss of memory and has gripped the minds of many, Lord God. And But we thank you for the faculties of our minds, but we just want to pause and pray for those who have those conditions, that they have dementia, they have loss of memory, Lord God, that has gone through all times, Lord God. We pray for those who have something in life, Lord God, has triggered this, something in their mind, that, and it caused them to lose their boundaries. It caused them to lose their minds. 
Lord God, they don't know where they are. And if they know where they are, they don't know how to get back to the place where they were. Father, we just pray for them, Lord God. Anybody that's dealing with any kind of mental issue, we just pray for them, Lord, sincerely, Lord God. And Lord God, we just pray, God, that you would just work a miracle in their life and cause their thoughts to come back in agreement and line up the way, God, you created them, Lord. And Lord God, the hurt, the trauma, the, the, the mental, Lord God, or whatever has happened that has caused these things to be, Lord, the overpressure of life, the pressure of, of things that they're going through, things they want to do and can't do, Lord God, the shock of finding out something that was detrimental to them, Lord God, that they haven't been able to bounce back. Father, we just we lift up all of those people, Lord God, before you. Some of them lost their homes, they lost their family, they lost loved ones, Lord God, and, and some just couldn't take uh, the pressures of life that had been so heavy on them that they just couldn't take it anymore. And Father, we just pray for them. We pray for them that is on the verge of saying that we will pray for those who are on the verge of saying, I too want to give up, and those who are get climbing up on rocks and bridges and, and standing and jumping in front of cars and taking guns, Lord God, and pouring, Lord God, we just pray for them, Lord God, that you would just save their mind and save their soul, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for that person of power, that person that is anointed, your children, the light of the world, Lord God, that will, will help and shine light on them, Lord God, in their situation and, and lead them into a place of peace, that, Lord God, that they will that, that, that they will come into a place, Lord God, that they, they want to survive. They want to survive this storm that they're going through, Lord. And we just pray, Lord God, as people, Lord God, are 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 in all kind of places, Lord God, and in their head, Lord God, and some thinking that even the enemy puts in their head that killing is the way, and stealing is the way, and drugs is the way, Lord God. But we just pray, God, that they discover that you are the way. You declared it with your own words, Lord God. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, Lord God. Lord God, we point them to the door this morning, and those who we can get our hands to, we just don't point to the door. We grab them by the hand. We grab them by their minds. And we take them and we lead them to the to the door, Lord God. That you are the door of life, Lord God. You are the way. And we and we we, we spiritually now take them, Lord God, and lead them to that place, Lord God, that they need to be to find that peace, that person that lost their job and lost everything. That man, that woman that is in jail unjustly. Lord God, and, and Lord God, we just pray for them, Lord God, as they deal with this season, Lord God, wanting to be with their families and want to be with their friends. We pray for them. We pray for them. We pray for those, Lord God, that has gotten the bad news of their physical condition, Lord God. And, and Lord God, and 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 the doctor has given them up and given them a certain length of time to, to still be here. But Father, I pray in the midst of all of that, in the midst of the time that they have left, we pray, God, that they will serve you. They will open up their heart to you and and allow you to be their God and be their Savior, to be their everything, Lord. And we just pray that, Lord God. There are so many sick, Lord God, and dealing with. Uh, other things other than COVID, Lord God, they dealing with cancers, they dealing with uh, t- uh, uh, 
they're dealing with uh, so many other things, sickness, diseases, diseases that would take us until next week this time, calling them all out. But, Father, you died for them all. You died. You said you was wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of your peace was upon you. And by your stripes, we are healed. And God, when you say we are healed, Lord God, every type of sickness and diseases, Lord God, was wrapped up in there from a paper cut on your finger until the surgeon they have to put cut and pull out a tumor. And we thank you, Lord. And we praise you this morning, Lord. We thank you for being our protectors and protecting us, Lord God. Thank you for allowing us to have a voice. And thank you for giving us a mind to let us know that we have a voice, to be able to be heard and to be heard by those who can't talk for themselves and those who um, that need to be defended, Lord God, those who need to be lifted up, Lord God, and can't talk to, for themselves. We thank you for those who you have placed in our lives and our path that will speak. And we pray, Lord God, as they do that, that there's an anointing and a presence upon their life. As they have given their life to fight for others, we pray, Lord God, that you will anoint them to be able to do that God-given gift that you have given them. And we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we honor you for it right now. At this time, there are many things that I missed this morning and could pray for if we had the time. But I guarantee you, if I do that, I still may miss what's on your heart. And at this time, a point of this meditation of our prayer, you, God wants to hear from you. He says, whatever you say. And, 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 and he said, whatever you say, it has to be something that comes from your mouth. It has to be something that you have the ability to articulate. So at this time, uh, whatever's on your heart and mind that you want to talk to the Lord about, let's go to him now. He can hear us all at the same time. Let's begin to pray and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Please do it. Hallelujah. Great and mighty God you are. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, dear Lord, bless us as you bless the man of God to give us a word today. We pray, Lord God, that the word will come and, Lord God, it will accomplish that what it will be sent out to do. Bless the man of God as he deliver the word and give us a life-changing experience with you. We thank you for your presence upon this service today and we glorify.
He is the great. He is the great. He is the great I am. He is the great. He is the great. He is the great I am. I will glorify the Father. I will glorify the Son. I will glorify the Holy Ghost. The Trinity is one. He is the great. He is the great. He is the great I am. He is the great. He is the great. He is the great I am. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. First virtual is so good to be back this week. Another week that we have been able to uh, come together and pray and and just experience life, what however it gave us. And we come this morning to take about an hour and and a half and forget about everything that has gone on around us and and meditate and and give this time back to God that He has given us just a little. Of, of the time that he has given us just to pause um, to, to thank you, just to pause to say, Lord, here I am, Lord, and, and just to pause to say, Lord, speak to us. And we would like to welcome all of our first-time visitors and all of those who have joined us this morning on the behalf of our pastor and our first lady. Uh, we'd like to welcome all of you all. And we pray and we know without a shadow of doubt that before this call is over, you will know that you have been in the presence of the Lord. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. How are you? Good morning. I am doing great. Thank you for asking. It is a great day. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, it's always nice to hear your voice. And uh, and thank you for standing up for those that need to stand up or stood up for. There you go. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Have a great day. Amen. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This last Sunday in November. What? It's going to be a beautiful day. Temperature's going to be nice and warm. And, uh, you know, the sun's already trying to get up over the horizon. We know that will happen. You know, uh, this past week we had Thanksgiving, which was great. You know, I had an enjoyable time with uh, relatives and friends, uh, unexpected friends dropped in. And and that was always nice to see them uh, I call her one of my adopted daughters that stopped by from Fredericksburg. What a blessing, what a blessing, what a joy. But anyway, now we're preparing. Uh, we have uh, three more Sundays, four more weeks. So all those procrastinators out here, if you're waiting to buy uh, Eric his, his uh, gift for Christmas, forewarned, you have a short time. Anyway. Things um, things are going to be interesting this this month. I just month, take cash. You got to go buy that. <laughs> I heard you. Folding money works fine. I heard you. Anyway, gift cards to uh, uh, Starbucks. All right, we'll we'll digress. Uh, but uh, 
you know, Tabara also, Tabara Knight, uh, uh, is the first day of Hanukkah for our Jewish friends. It's a festival of lights, you know, where they go uh, every night, they light a candle, say a prayer. But I think it's fitting that it starts the month of, uh, pretty much the month of December, where at the end of the month, kind of, almost, you know, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, who, and, uh, who is the, uh, what? The light of the world. Okay. So we have something to look forward to. We have something to prepare for, you know, as uh, we get out there and, and uh maybe look for a tree or, or pull the one out of the attic and, and get it uh, situated in the prominent place in our house so everybody can uh, gather around it for, uh, for our festive uh, events as we put the lights on the tree or maybe the lights outside or, or just something as simple as the candles in the window. But those lights, you know, that we remember that those lights light up the world. They light up the neighborhood. But most of all, Jesus lights up our life, and he gives us the light. He tells us not to hide our what, our faith underneath the basket. You know, if we hide our light under the basket, it doesn't do any good. So we should let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So think about that. When you see the Christmas lights, have your lights been shining? We, are you going to let your light shine? Are you going to proclaim the name of Jesus? Are you going to proclaim his birth? Everyone pretty much celebrates or at least acknowledges uh, Christmas. So that's, uh, that's a way that we can open doors and, and shout joy. Shout joy that Jesus was born in a manger. Amen. So, and those, those you know, the, the Old Testament, especially Isaiah, we're going to look at the verses of Isaiah in a minute, that, uh, you know, prepares, prepares our hearts, prepares the way to think about who God is mm. and what God does. And we have to, you know, dwell on that. I think it's very important that we dwell on that. And we have the opportunity to, to be more evangelistic in our in our thoughts and in our actions this this this, time, this season. In uh, Isaiah, if I could get all my things in a row, you know, uh, as some of you know, is is uh, you know once you hit forty, things kind of change in your life, so you have to learn how to adapt. And I think everybody. Uh, knows how to do that each in their own way. And uh, I have learned to adapt a lot of things, and some things work and uh, some things don't. I'm just glad that my body 99.9% works right now. Anyway, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4. It says, In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, proclaim his name make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim proclaim that his name is exalted so we can do that we can we can do that in this day not not tomorrow not even on Christmas but every day give praise to the Lord we should give praise to the Lord do you praise him every day do you thank him every day do you proclaim his name to people people you see you proclaim his name to yourself and do you thank him for what he's done thank you 
thank him for that you're alive, that you're awake, that you're smiling, that you're happy, that you're speaking, that you're hearing, that you're seeing. Okay? And, and that, uh, you know, you, you, you just have to exalt and thank him. Thank him. You know, I thank the Lord every day. I thank the Lord for, for what he has done for me. You know, like uh, it, it said, you know, it was just said you know, this morning that, uh, you know, sometimes things don't always work like we, we, we think they should. But are they working the way the Lord has planned? Are, are our lives like the Lord wants us to, to live? And, and I would, I have to, uh, you know, answer that with a resounding yes, you know, because I know in my life I've done things that the Lord has forgiven me for. Thank you, Lord. Amen to that. But he's also used those things to make me who I am and make me able to proclaim to other people about who God is. Okay. And that I can play, proclaim his name to my friends and to my family. Right. To let them know that he, he, he has made me who I am right now, and who I will be in the future, and we have to thank him for that, and 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 thank him on a daily basis. And as we get ready for this season, the season of of celebrating the birth, the birth of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, we just pray. I pray that I get even more strength, more bold in proclaiming who he is, and giving more praise to the Lord. Proclaim him every day. Proclaim him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's all you have to do. Do you say that every day? Do you say that every evening? Thank you for this day. Thank you for the rest that you provided me. Thank you for the, the, the fellowship. Thank you for that smile you put on my face. Thank you for the joy that I had talking to my neighbors. Thank you for my, my, my spouse my children, my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord. He'll hear you. He'll listen to you. And, and when you say those things, as I am now, a smile comes to my face and joy comes to my heart. And the Lord will respect us. It will help us. It will get us through whatever we have before us. You know, we, uh, uh, you know, we face whatever lies ahead. But if we have Jesus in our hearts, and God, in our, with our prayers, uh, we, will, we will come true on the other side, whatever the other side may be. And we have to remember that God is in control, and we have to let him be in control. And thank him, and thank him for that. Amen and amen. God bless. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, Wednesday morning will be December 1. That means, Mama Bell, we're heading into our second Christmas together. I tell you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look around and be in our 30s. Mm. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, 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 uh. We getting young and pretty every day, ain't we? Every day. I want to put on your calendar. Uh, uh, we're going on December 18th. 
uh, we're going to go back out in the, in the streets and get some exercise in. I talked earlier about mental health, and I want to also focus on physical health. So we're going to do that. Uh, as we sit, we have a, uh, one councilwoman scheduled with the possibility of two. I need to get some confirmation before I go and get your hopes up about that. But uh, I believe Brother Dennis, we agreed that that's still true, that you're going to come out and do a little spitting that Saturday morning. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, okay, I thought it was uh, December 11th, but you say it's the 18th now? Was it the 11th or the 18th? <laughs> you don't know which. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Wait, you 18th. know what? I, you, I think it was the 11th. You're, you, Booth, Bishop, where you at? I'm getting old now. Somebody help me. What day was this? When we had our sit down, you said the 11th. Well, then that's what I said. That's what it is. So it's the 11th. <laughs> All right. Well, can, All right. You confirm the date and we'll talk about it next time. No, no. If I said the 11th, that's what I said. That's what it is. I told you what it was. I, I just got my mind wrong. So it's all right. Okay. Well, you know. It, it's, it's the 11th. All right. All right. I thank you for reminding me of that because I stone put the 18th like it was. But, yes, it is the 11th, which is literally one Saturday from this coming at 9 a.m. And we're meeting at the Pagoda uh, in Norfolk. So, if you know, if you want to come out and, and get a little walk in, get a little exercise, we're not going to walk that long. But uh, come on down and... Uh, Get a little something in. Wednesday, we'll tell you what the weather's going to be like. I don't want to get your hopes up too much, but uh, come down for that. And we'll talk about what else we're going to do later on. Mama Bell. Yes, I'm here. <clears throat> Are your fingers all right? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Okay. Well, they're pretty. So go ahead and let us know how pretty they are if you don't mind. Thank you. 
Mama Bell, your fingers was beautiful. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. First Timothy chapter 6. Verses 3 through 5. This part of this I want to butcher for the sake of this conversation. I don't know why six foot tall trying to stand up to a desk like I can't sit down. It says, First Timothy chapter six verse three, if anyone teaches false doctrine that does not agree with the sound teachings of our Lord Jesus and with the teachings that promote godliness. He is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in disputes and arguments over words. From these come envy, quarreling, slander, evil suspicions, and constant disagreements among people whose minds are depraved and deprived of the truth who only imagine that godliness is a way to material gain. I would like to, if I can, for a few moments of your time, our beloved prayer so eloquently told us we had about an hour and a half together. So that leaves me about a good 40-something minutes before he's a liar notice I said him not me to talk from the subject the constitution is greedy the constitution is greedy our kind father I ask you for this moment thank you first of all for this opportunity to think and concentrate and hear study this moment of therapy I thank you for allowing us to gather together after we have taken time to celebrate with our families and those of us who may not have shared in those moments have survived 
whatever the ailments that they have dealt with. We thank you for this great, as I said, this great opportunity. As we, your spiritual jurors, sit down to hear your case and we ask and hope that somehow this case will be presented in such a way that we, without shadow of doubt, will hear what it is you are saying unto us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. Oh, amen. 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 Presbyterians, Methodists, Lutherans, Church of God in Christ, my church on the corner. All of these places have something in common, and I do not wish to spend my time talking about churches because many of you are scholars at it. You've been around longer than I have, and most of my knowledge comes from a book, whereas yours comes from everyday living experiences. So I will not spend my time today, as I mentioned, insulting your intelligence, but for just a few moments, if I can share a few things for you. The Presbyterians and the Methodists, not necessarily the Presbyterians, as their origins are a little bit more complex. But the Lutherans is clear. Martin Luther saw a way of life that was different from his friends in the Catholic Church, and then he wished to express himself in a different manner. He wished to teach them the the gospel, the Christian way of living, and because of that, he was excommunicated. The same with the Methodists. John Wesley believed in grace. Because of that, he was excommunicated. The Church of God in Christ believed in holiness that you can't preach to me about my sin and have yours in the back with the sister. And for that, Bishop Charles Harrison Mason was excommunicated. And then down at my church, we just got upset because we put the wrong turkey in the basket and gave it to the wrong sister. And that caused the problem. I thought I'd get a laugh at least there, but I guess you're still sleeping. Hold on. What do these things have in common? It is all a search for who is the arbiter of right. Instead of sitting down and trying to figure out what is the best course of action, which makes sense to bettering the people, most of these struggles that we have faced amongst religion has always been a competition, if you will, a deadly competition for power. 
Then you get into personal situations. This deadly competition for power, this deadly belief for who is the arbiter of right. Now, I didn't come this morning to try to beat. I have never in our time together, at least I would like to say within my own mind, in our time together tried to use my platform as a bully pulpit in a different term. We all know what the bully pulpit means in in the political term, but to some degrees I like to say that the pulpit has actually been a place of bullying. But I don't wish to do that. I come here for therapy. And when I look at the sacred text, I look at it in such way as therapy. How do I better myself by this text? What is the difference between God principles and religious ideologies? That is a question that most do not wish to discuss. That is a question that most choose not to to even entertain because God principles, if it's really focused, really looked at, it might force some conversations that many do not want to have. It might force us to look at things differently than many wish. In this text, we talk about the false teaching. Now, most folks will look at that as prophets that come by and tell you to pay 99, spin around twice, I'm going to spit on you, and there's going to be a Cadillac waking up in the parking lot when you get up off the floor. That is the false doctrine that we have come to know. 20-some days, God's going to put a check in the mailbox. There, That is, of course, God is going to put a check in the mailbox in 20-some days. Haven't you ever noticed, if I could just stay there for a moment? In 20 days, I see it right now. <laughs> in 20 days, in 20-some-odd days from now, God is going to put a check in your mailbox. You're going to go out there and you're going to pull it right out. Yes, God, hallelujah, turn around twice and spin. Of course it is. It's the 28th of the month. 20 days from now to 15th, your Social Security check comes by then. Of course it's going to be in the mail. (laughs) But that was what we have equated as false doctrine because that makes sense. That makes logical sense. But false doctrine, at least from the the seat that I now sit, the seat of consciousness, if I can use that term, and I I use that very loosely because some of my brothers and sisters from the religious community hear that word consciousness and think, and I'm talking about a preacher by the name of Carlton Pearson who is a little bit on the extreme side. No, 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 I'm not talking about that type of consciousness. He has some ideals that we can pick from. It's like the old proverbial spit out the, eat the fish and spit out the bones as it pertains to his perspective. But I'm not going there, no. My seat of consciousness looks and is not afraid to ask 
that maybe our traditions, maybe our ideals might have been wrong. I have come to the conclusion that you can't close, you can't get close to God if you can't first admit you might have gotten it wrong. Isaiah had to admit it. The prophet over there. Please forgive me. I, I just no, I said that right. I'm gonna stick with it. If I'm wrong, I'm a true preacher now. I could be wrong. I'm still mixed with it. But there was a prophet in the Bible. I'll let you tell if I'm right or wrong, but I got the story. Just had a brain fart. Y'all pray for me. There was a prophet over there who had an opportunity to go out and search for God. He was looking. He looked for God in one place, and he couldn't find him. He looked for him in another place, and he could not find him. But he found him somewhere he did not expect. What if? Our search for God, our search for religion, what if we have looked and have assumed he was in places that he was not? Religious growth or spiritual growth, I believe, is willing to take that risk. That you don't have to lose your faith to admit that maybe For 50 years I've been wrong. Maybe for 40 years I've been wrong. Maybe for 30 years I've been wrong. I said maybe. And I don't say this to be condescending because some of you may have gotten it. Some of you may have found it. And I applaud you because you have understood and have come face to face with your creator and know the ideals of how to connect with saints. I appreciate and applaud you because you have gotten it. But there are some of us who even will dress up in just a few hours from now, at least if you're listening right now or later, whatever the case may be, some of you might get this through the goes out yonder. It still have some time before Many of our fine friends will suit up or robe up or triple robe up, some of them. It's a lot of layers to that dress. That's why churches is cold. The preach is hot. But I digress. But even some of them who are masked under one, two, three, or four layers of that dress. The tippet, the censure, the corset, all that stuff that they're garmenting together in, they're still searching some of them. And I would like to come here this morning and in some cases give them a pass. Because the layman, and I would even, in some cases, like to add myself to this, I will not exclude myself. I said some cases, but I will not exclude myself. 
We've made it hard on our preaching friends. We've expected them to be perfect, when in reality, they are just messengers. That's like getting mad at the postman when he brings you a high electric bill. The postman didn't do it. He's just a messenger. Preachers are spiritual postmen. Delivering the daily message. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, God's not coming down himself. So he wraps up his word inside of the holy package and ships it off to his spiritualized post office, and then it gets disseminated down, and his little postmasters goes and delivers it to the people. And we beat up the postman. Because the postman is not necessarily right. But the reality of it is, just like the postmaster delivered an electric bill to your house, Either he or someone like he or she delivered one to his or hers too. Because none of us escaped those little pieces of bills or those little pieces of paper, should I say, those little gimmicks called bills. None of us escaped them. And just like none of us escaped them gimmicks, those pieces of paper called bills, none of us escapes the spiritualized word, our conscious, that is unescapable. Now, some choose to ignore it. They don't pay the bills and their stuff get cut off. You ignore the consciousness of the spirit and your stuff, your spiritual stuff gets cut off. It's basically cause and effect. But I won't deal with that today as much either. But we've attacked the preacher, beat him up a little bit. And it's made it a little bit difficult because now the preacher has found it hard to even admit that he might not have it all together. He finds it hard because how dare I get up in the pulpit and go and tell the people that I have not always obtained. Paul did it. Paul said, I ain't got it all together. I search. I pursue. I look towards the mark. That means, at least in my crazy mind, that I'm trying to find it. And so I get back to my original question. What if the hardness, what if the strictness of not our spirituality but our religion, our traditionalism, our need for political and social respect? I've been watching shows on the Netflix 
sometimes first lady roll eyes, but I came out and I was watching the show. See, first lady put on these shows, and, and sometimes she's like three episodes ahead of me, and then she goes off somewhere, and I come in here and sit down and do my little work or whatever have you, and I put on the TV. She come back, I'm like nine ahead of her. She come back and said, how did you go from three behind and nine ahead? Well, you know, that's what I do. But I always look for context clues, answers to life's question. I had a philosophy class in college. And the professor said, if you're looking for the truth hard enough, you'll find it anywhere. You can either go to the store and get one of the girly magazines and find a message in them. Always look for the truth. <clears throat> Most folks have attacked people like Muhammad. But they said he's a fake religion. But Muhammad said, I search for the truth. He never admitted. I read it. He never admitted he was the truth. Only one religion said they was the truth. The other one said, I search. Another one said, I point. Another one says, I believe that there must be. But there's only one that says, I am the truth. But because of the desire for power, the desire to be number one, it is impossible for our Islamic brothers and sisters, our Muhammad followers, to say maybe in the search it leads to another idea because I can't be number two. The need for power. There's some who asked me a question the other day when I was somewhere, and they said, you know, Eric, you know politicians. I said, and? You have connections with, with the elitist group. I said, okay. Doesn't that make you feel some type of way? They're just people. And I thought about there's some who get a kick out of the reality. Oh, Eric will just go down there and he'll just cuss out the council folks. He'll cuss out the mayor. He'll cuss out this person and cuss out that person because he feel, he, he's, a, he's a big dog and everybody's scared of Eric Bear. It ain't even about that. It's not about that. It's about coming to the reality that I don't need it. And I have listened and I have talked to various people who have the same mind that I have, who have the same ideals that I have, but the reality of it is they cannot express it because they are not willing to admit. And most importantly, they are not willing to become okay with losing. He who loses his life for the cause of the gospel, for the cause of truth, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. 
And if you are not willing to watch your precious pearls burn in a fire, if you're not willing to give up your countless dollars, if you can't see something that is most dear to you washed away for the betterment of somebody else, then what do you have left? What do I have left? I come here, as I say, for therapy. And I know you hear messages like this and you get condemned and beat up and busted. Well, let me tell you something. If you just look at this the way I look at it, then you'll look at it from a therapeutic perspective. How much of this stuff is killing us? How much of this stuff is breaking us down? What is all this junk when we're dead? What does it mean to gain the whole world and yet rive in pain? I don't want you to touch my stuff. This is mine. I got this. I have that. And we have pushed people away and destroyed folks for the building of fast churches, brick cedar buildings with nice stained glass windows and very, very wooden pews that are Stained and very crisply cleaned. But you know why they clean? Because ain't nobody sitting in them. Because the crisp of the pew is more important than the soul the pew holds. I've asked myself a question as we head into the Christmas season. This time they call Advent preparation of the birth, or the celebration, should I say, of the birth of our Lord. And yet, what does it all mean? What does it all mean if this hatred, someone got a, a feeling with me, not bad. You know, we just have these problems in the world. That's people. Or maybe I got a feeling with them. It could be the other. I don't know. But it was before I understood this text. Someone said, well, what we have to do is we have to learn to agree to disagree. Yes, that works in society. But the reality of it is, deep down inside, there is no such thing as agreeing to disagree. Because that agreeing to disagree will fester. It will pick up steam like dog turds that you won't clean up off the floor. Eventually, it's going to start to cause some problems. And for those who will say, Eric, I disagree with that, well, then you just called the whole Bible a lie. Because the Bible says those who operate off of disagreements 
festers envy. Envy is hatred. And the more we find ourselves agreeing to disagree, eventually we have nothing left. The more that it comes down to my opinion versus yours, to the way I see it versus the way you see it, without any type of understanding of the other. Maybe the world just looks differently in somebody else's eyes. And I understand how you see it, I do. But I also understand that somebody else's circumstances, the product of their environment, may have the world looking a whole lot differently. And, yes, it doesn't make sense to you because we grew up under these sets of principles. We grew up in this surrounding. We grew up with these ideals. We're Methodists and Baptists and Episcopalians. But those old-fashioned, no-educated Kojic folks may not see the world that way because they're nothing but a bunch of cotton pickers. Barely got a high school degree. It's a third-grade education. So, yes, the world looks different on this side of the tracks. So how can you look at someone who has not been experienced, who has not been exposed, who has not had the same understandings that you and I have had and say that they are stupid and wrong when the reality of it is they are only operating in the world they know. And so if all of us are literally, if we are finding the truth, then how is it? that the world is so religiously divided if somebody's got it and the rest don't. It's almost like a vaccine. If it's the right drug, and this may have some type of political cognitation now that I've said it and I didn't mean it, I probably should have thought that through. But if the drug, since I'm here, let's go ahead and hit it wherever the land is land. I'm sorry. If the drug works for a certain group of people but doesn't work for another, then maybe the drug is not right. Because if the drug is designed for everybody, then it should help everybody. If the gospel is for everybody, if it's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, then how come some of us missing the baptism, the one Lord, and the faith? Because maybe, just maybe we haven't found it yet. Maybe we're like the prophet who haven't realized that God is not in the loud pipe organ. The ginormous cellos, the guitars and the Hammonds, the rolling keyboards, 
Maybe God is not in the electric guitar with the smoke piping out the floor and the funny light as we dance and shout, kick to my loose. Maybe God is in the turning of the riverbeds. Maybe God is laying with the oysters at the shoreline. Maybe he will come in the form of a mockingbird that is whistling in the rising of the sun. Is it possible that maybe sometime we missed it? And for the sake of not only our faith, but for the sake of our personal advancement, can we be okay with the reality that we might have gotten it wrong? I've been working on this a couple of days because the preacher has to admit Sometimes the preacher can get fired. A couple of them have gotten fired. Because I dare you come in and say that you have mental episodes. How dare you come in and say that you don't. Yo, wait a minute. If you can't control your family, how are you supposed to control the church? Where well, the problem is I can't control the church either. Because pardon me for saying this with a few of our friends in here that may be from other persuasions, but if I could just be a person of my homeland for a second, Negroes going to do what Negroes want to do. It ain't a thing I can do about it. <coughs> but I had to have a moment of pause when I shut down. When the pressure of life caused even Eric Deshaun to shut down. And some will say, well, you don't need to admit that because then your enemies will know that you have a weakness. Well, they got weaknesses too. And when we come to the point that we're all human beings and we all have fallen short of the glory. First of all, I don't care about enemies. Why should I? You have people who are jealous of you. Why should I care? The same God that birthed and breathed life and said that before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you was even thought of, me and my counsel, we sat down and we had a board meeting. We sat down at our daily, because babies are born daily, we sat down at our daily architectural of human life meeting, and we decided this is who you shall be. Based upon what we had sculpted, based upon the person that we had made, his ideals, his features, his background, his pedigree, because of all of that, we saw A, B, C, D, E inside, and we formed you with a purpose. Why should you be upset with someone who is angry 
because of your purpose. Scriptures also say that he will make your gift, your purpose. God does not make a purpose and does not make room for it. God ain't got time. He ain't got time to be wasted. Only stupid businessmen or women hire folks and ain't got nowhere for them. Any person that God puts on the heavenly payroll has a distinct mission statement. Their contract is ironclad with a very detailed job description. So why should I be concerned about someone who's so busy trying to figure out what's going on in my job line that ain't worried about their own? Because, oh, by the way, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. That separates you from your enemies. That's the only thing that separates your succeeding from their failure is that if you spend your time worried about your junk, because they obviously ain't spending time worried about them. Very quickly as we begin to draw this to a close, when I really learned, I don't know if I was having an osmosis moment or not, but I thought about it. Back yonder, I couldn't have been. There had to be a God. I was. I wasn't that smart back yonder. But I was sitting over at a particular church. I'm not going to name no names, but I was sitting over there, and someone came up, and they said, you know what, Eric? We had a three-hour and 55-minute lunch. And I said, oh, do you know what the subject of our lunch was? No. You. You poor thing, you. Said what? You spent three hours and 55 minutes talking about me? I said, you poor thing. And and Mama Bell, I really felt bad because I spent three minutes and 55 seconds and I was tired of talking about her. And they spent a whole three hours and 55 minutes. Three hours and 55 minutes, you could have made some money. Got you one or two stock deals. Called your broker. HP got a fail, you know. Don't say I gave you no stock tips either. You could have called... Somebody got you a job or something, but you spent three hours and 55 minutes, took a day off, some of the women did. God bless their heart, they were salary. Back then, that might have been $10 an hour for their, their persuasion of work. We were at, what, $7 or $7.50 an hour, and they had a little bit more experience, so about 10 so that's about $30, almost $40 you just wasted on me, you poor thing. I agree. <laughs> you poor thing. And not only that, 
Not only did they have $40 shot down the toilet, but they were angry. They were hateful. They were envious about how they were going to make me change who I was. You poor thing, you. And it got me to thinking. You poor thing. And I asked her, and I, and I might have been wrong for this, and I asked you to pray for me. But I asked the lady, Mama Bell, I said, you know what's so hurtful? She said, what? And I said, you wasted all that time, got your blood pressure sky high, going to need a shrink, and I'm still going to do it the hallelujah bless God I want to do. <laughs> no, no changes. <laughs> so what did you accomplish? Nothing. Nothing in the world. And so I've come to understand in my moment, as I had my moment this morning, I tell everybody when, when the clock hits 625, other than my beautiful wife I love when I can call Mama Bell and talk about music, and we don't talk about that much. But I look forward to her piano and forte pieces. And I told her this, and I told her this morning, I said I had to come to a realization that I cannot allow the evils and the deceptions and the dissensions and the depravities of people to cause me to forget who I am. They're not worth your energy. You've all, we've all been created for something great. And even if it takes us outside, Mama Bell and I made this crystal clear, and I would love to go back and get to take that preacher don't want to talk to me no more. He hates my guts every time he comes. Because I sat down January 2020, and we did a conversation. And I said in the conversation, I asked the question, what would happen if the church had to go virtual? And he looked me there in my face with all his other little people, and they laughed and said, that will never happen. Not 30 days later, look who won the pony. They don't want to talk to me no more. I wonder why. It still escapes me. It's been two years. You think they forgot. But the lesson that I learned is that everybody ain't got it. Some folks think they have it. But everybody doesn't have it. God has not Giving one person the whole picture. And anybody who claims that they have found the answer to God and they are the arbiter of right, 
They are sadly mistaken. My final point. If we can't agree on God, then how can we agree on anything? And anybody who wishes to spend more time fighting over traditions than God ain't Christian. Because it doesn't profit anybody to gain political points, to gain spiritual points. Doesn't profit me to be able to put on a red robe and walk around with a nice little gold staff in my hand if everybody can't stand my guts. Or if the people are only following me because they feel threatened or feared to. But you will know they are Christian by their love. So I ask, and grandmother's coming to pray. It's 8 o'clock. I'm sorry I kept you a little bit longer. Yeah. And you ain't had to make me feel bad. <laughs> As she come to pray, you know I'm long-winded some Sundays. I haven't got used to it by now. I w- I'd like for you to take a time and ask yourself, Lord, did I, have I gotten it wrong? Because maybe I missed it. I've been good. I've, I've tried my best with what I had, and God can't hold you. He's not going to hold anybody for what you didn't know. I did what I thought was right. I led the way I thought was right. I operated with what I thought was right. But maybe, maybe I missed it. Maybe I led by a constitution that was greedy instead of a God that was that was giving. My dear grandmother. Most holy and all wise, Father, we just thank you this morning. We come saying thank you for all you do for us. And God, we come this morning and we ask that question, have we got it right? God, we're asking you to open up our understanding. Help us to see you. Help us to come to know you. Help us to believe your words and believe you. Merciful Father, please speak to our hearts. Because, God, we want to be right with you. We want to be holy as you have called us to be holy. We want to be loving as you have told us to love. You told us to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us, Lord God. We need you. We need you, God. We don't have it all. We don't know it all. And we don't even understand it all. But we come in this morning asking for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We're asking you, dear God, to be ever with us. Bless every listening ear. Turn your spotlight on every Friday. And let us see ourselves. Let us see our shortcomings and help us to get it right. We need you, God. We can't do it of ourselves. So we put our trust in you, knowing that you love us, knowing that you care so much about us. And we just thank you. Bless each one. Encourage us, oh God, to trust you 
and to obey your word. We thank you, we love you, we praise you. And we give your name all the honor, praises, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Have a glorious day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.